Welcome to the Private Practice Made Perfect podcast with me, Kathy Love. I'm a business coach who helps allied health professionals run powerful and profitable businesses in the disability sector. Join me for cutting-edge interviews with leaders in the allied health and business fields, along with plenty of practical content that you can use to make your business practice perfect. Hello, hello, Kathy Love here. How are you going? Uh, interesting topic that I uh, uh, have been thinking about and would love to bring to your uh, business owner ears in this episode. I wonder if you can guess what the topic is. Uh, the reading and the statistics and the research around this mystery topic is totally, totally fascinating. And um, I know everyone doesn't always have time to do a whole lot of extra reading, but the topic of imposter syndrome could well uh, capture your imagination and be a uh, really valuable piece of uh, information for you to be rolling your eyeballs over or Yep, certainly listening through to this episode, and I'm sure there's other stuff out there on the interwebs about imposter syndrome. So when I say imposter syndrome, what do you think of? What instantly springs to mind? There's loads written on uh, on all of this, but the core theme that I come across every time I click through to these places is very much uh, a doubting of your abilities and feeling like you're a fraud. Uh, Self-doubt is just the big word that comes across everything that... Um, I, I kind of know know about imposter syndrome. There seems to be a little bit of a tendency also for it to uh, rear its ugly head in um, kind of people who are sort of more high-achieving people. Uh, and it seems that, you know, this, this cohort, if you like, find it more difficult to accept their accomplishments and... Uh, find it more difficult to feel as to feel deserving of the accolades and the results, whether personally, uh, professionally, business-wise, that they uh, have have achieved to date. So it, it's described as a psychological pattern of doubting and not deserving, and that there is this sort of magical thinking about attributing their success to luck. We could probably have a whole other episode on luck, but, uh, you know, that's kind of just the, the, some of the thinking patterns that goes on. Or people with imposter syndrome may also kind of think that there has been some magic or some trickery and that others have been deceived and hoodwinked uh, into thinking that they, the person with imposter syndrome, are more intelligent or more successful than they actually, you know, think they are themselves. So it's very much around personal perception, isn't it, um, in terms of what you think success is and whether you're deserving of it or, uh, or not. Uh, and so whilst there seems to have been a little more research into imposter syndrome in uh, high-achieving women, uh, it, it affects men and women women equally. Um, and 
some of the um, the early, early work was done by Pauline Rose Clance and Suzanne Eames, and this kind of started in the 1970s because some of their early work was looking at this phenomenon with high-achieving women. You know, this is kind of the, the thinking that has prevailed, but in fact it does kind of reach uh, across men and, and women equally. And there's even kind of comment out there that, Right across the board, uh, up to 70% of individuals have experienced imposter syndrome uh, at least once in their in their lifetimes. I wonder what you think when you kind of uh, hear that. I've certainly got my hand up on uh, this side of the little white recording light as well. And this is sort of, uh, you know, saying that, you know, up to 70% of individuals have had an individual experience of self self-perceived intellectual phoniness that they, you know, just can't believe that people think that about them as well. Interestingly, it's often uh, accompanied by patterns of anxiety, patterns of stress, depression, rumination, just those reoccurring repetitive thoughts. But it's still largely described as a phenomenon, not a mental health disorder, not a psychiatric disorder. It's not a DSM whatever number we're up to. I don't even know if it's looking at being slated in that in future um, editions. But, uh, you know, there's interesting uh, kind of information around about where this narrative starts. And uh, I'm not a mental health clinician, but uh, in my reading and, and thinkings, it it seems to have a relationship with early narrative around family expectations patterns of variable self-esteem, anxiety, depression, perfectionism, excessive kind of self-monitoring and and self-reflection as well. And, you know, feelings of of guilt uh, and having fear of success. I've uh, spoken about fear of success on and off for many years, but only now have I kind of seen the readings and the connection to it as being part of the imposter syndrome phenomenon as uh, as well. And so back to this kind of idea on on narratives, it's it's also a little bit about what, you know, what people have heard throughout their life. Well, you're the smart one, you're the clever one, you're the reliable one, the responsible one, you're the good one, you're the whatever one. And we kind of, you know, absorb that as you all, all know. I know so many allied health business owners are spectacular clinicians uh, as as well. And you know a lot more about this than, than I do. Uh, but it is a pattern that just so often comes up in my business coaching conversations with allied health business owners. It comes up with my conversations with friends and family. Uh, So, yeah, I thought it would be a good one to kind of bring bring into an app and, uh, yeah, kind of uh, explore it a a little little more. When you jump online, and if we remember that up to 70% of adult men and women um, as adults have reported this phenomenon, you know, sitting up there on the lists are the likes of Sheryl Sandberg, um, innovator and techpreneur, Michelle Obama, uh, Tom Hanks actor, Serena Williams as well. And so it is, it is human. It is absolutely, absolutely human. So let's just kind of have a little, little check-in on um, some of the features If this has really got you curious, colour me curious, if this has really got you thinking 
about uh, identifying with imposter syndrome, there are quite a few online tests that you may wish to do if that is your thing. If uh, this feels as though it needs heavier, more professional support, please connect with uh, wellness and mental health practitioners as well. I'm not intending to be diagnostic. I'm just bringing together some information that just passes my ears in so many different ways across my busy business coaching and tendency to talk to anybody uh, approach. So, uh, Imposter syndrome is really characterized by feelings of inadequacy and self-doubt that you're not worthy or not deserving of the results and successes that uh, you may well be experiencing. I mentioned before those perfectionistic tendencies that can certainly be part of the pattern, but I was interested to read that it can also show up a little with um, avoiding responsibility, and that is a kind of sits with um, being a bit scared of getting things wrong, overchecking with people to double, triple, get everyone's opinion to kind of back your back yourself on things. It could be a bit of a struggle to commit to actions because you don't want them to go wrong or you're, you might be, uh, yeah, fear of failure, fear of success is same, same, different. But, um, yeah, just – and so you are, are – step away from um, initiating, um, taking um, responsibility for things. There's also a fear of being judged and um, a fear of of discovery that uh, someone will discover that you really are a phony or that you haven't got the goods or that you just winged it or that it was just luck and that there can be that constant fear uh, and that, I guess, sits with your self-esteem and your self-belief and um, that understanding of of what you have in you know inside of you and in your and in your toolbox uh, to somewhat uh, explain you know the the results and success that you might have had as well. And so onto this uh, idea of success, you know, one of the main symptoms is denying your own excess, um, your own success, and this could be a little bit of self sabotage that you almost set yourself up to not quite succeed because that's more comfortable than having to own the success. Uh, It could be, uh, you know, negative um, self-talk that you talk yourself out of things. Uh, You may be dismissive and unwelcoming of positive feedback. Oh, it it was just luck or anybody could do that or I was in the right place at the right time. Yeah, yep, that, you know, there can be a play on that, but you know, you also got yourself in the right place at the right time and you you had good fortune, not just uh, not just luck and that not anybody could do it. And so in hearing some of these descriptors so far, I would uh, love to know, does this stuff show up for you? Does it also show up in other people that you that you know and going to lead this question in a little more. How how does it show up across your team or does it show up across your team? Maybe it doesn't. So does it show up across your team? Are there people who, yeah, kind of, uh, yeah, live and operate in this uh, space of imposter syndrome? Could be a really interesting conversation for a team meeting, couldn't it? 
could be a way of kind of just getting some conversation around it. It could also have a time and a place in uh, the appraisals that you run across your your team. So uh, I'm not suggesting you uh, get the magnifying glass and go looking for problems, but maybe these descriptors you're hearing do kind of raise uh, enough, uh, you know, orange and red flags to kind of get you thinking about whether there is a a cluster of um, significant features that now you can perhaps, um, perhaps help, yeah, perhaps manage a little, a little bit differently. So once again, I'm not a mental health practitioner, uh, but the um, the recommendations for kind of living with and managing imposter syndrome are reasonably consistent across certainly all of the the sites and places and faces that I uh, kind of checked out in um, in my research for this episode and just my general curiosity uh, that was piqued just the other day with a conversation I had with with somebody. I thought I'd get back into the books on this one and uh, share up share up what I discovered with you guys as well. So some of the ways to kind of manage imposter syndrome are they're going to be very familiar to you as allied health professionals in your first in your first lives. I guess it's about acknowledging your feelings and what they are and why and what they what they may mean and remembering that feelings are just that they may not reflect you know the reality and the and the facts of things. Reflective practice, gosh, it's just such a powerful tool. It also rated as being a tool of um, of capturing thinking, challenging thinking, noticing patterns, uh, and positive affirmations also came up as well. And I guess that is that uh, reframing. Um, well, positive affirmations are kind of useful for setting setting a more vibrant positive uh, mindset in the first instance but um there was a lot of uh, a lot of um, input around reframing common thoughts and ideas about performance so um, just putting things in a more positive light and kind of re uh, working out those ne- that negative self talk and putting in more constructive positive uh, growth mindset kind of language into your thinking patterns as well. Uh, removing and kind of tampering down self self doubt and elevating self self belief, and that just reminds me of. Uh, of you know two concepts that I know you're so familiar with but in what ways can you be taming your inner critic and in what ways can you be totally shining the light on your inner inner cheer squad as well certainly connecting with others sharing thoughts and experiences talking with others can be really really powerful Uh, and yes it could be that this is kind of sitting with some other thinking patterns that you have that that need professional uh, support Uh, to kind of and, I, and, and this is where the journaling came in and the affirmations and the, um, the talking and conversation is to raise kind of awareness about your thinking patterns and to, um, you know, one thought at a time, check in on it, check in on that uh, thinking and um, thinking about how you can kind of tweak it, if you like, to catch that thinking uh, and to catch your thinking about your thinking patterns and to have a toolkit there for you to kind of just 
stop and put a lid on some of those thoughts, perhaps replace them with something else, distract, self-manage, whatever it's going to take. One thing I didn't say about the uh, about the the cheer squad piece is, you know, you guys are amazing. You know, you all have spectacular personal, professional, business kind of strengths. And to what extent do you celebrate them? And to what extent do you leverage them? You know, are they just assumed facts that yes, I'm amazing at, and it kind of gets parked, and you kind of don't uh, make too much noise about your your personal, professional strengths. Uh, hmm, is it time for your inner cheer squad to kind of just leap out of the cage and for you to leverage those talents? Could be. I think any day. Any day is a good day for that uh, sort of thinking as well. And then what sort of strategies uh, can you bring to your thinking patterns uh, to kind of tame your inner critic? How are you going to reframe those thoughts? How are you going to check in on your thoughts and um, curate your your, lang- your beliefs and language um, a little bit more strategically and assertively as well? Taming perfectionism. Oh, my gosh. What a, um, a ripper of a conversation that one that one is. And, you know, this is where I was reading about mindfulness, meditation, relaxation, movement, breath, breath practices, all of which I'm just a, a wild, wild, uh, long-term fan of. And um, I guess part of this is just managing your personal energy so you're in an optimum cellular state for whatever the, uh, the moment is in front of you, thinking about how you can perhaps be a little bit more realistic uh, about expectations on yourself. And gosh, this can be hard, but you know, maybe thinking about getting a little bit more comfy with, uh, with making mistakes. We have something that we call with our clients flurnings. That's about the fails that you've just learned a lot from and to embrace this concept of failing and learning even, learning even faster. So a couple of last kind of thoughts on on this is is really owning, owning your success and really noticing it and taking photos of it and writing it down and sharing and to the right extent that you're comfortable actually broadcasting your, your success as well. And that it it wasn't just a Stephen Bradbury moment, you know, it wasn't that, you know, three or four races ahead just fell over and he just slid on through to the gold medal. You know, he had 20 plus years of bone breaking effort and determination and resilience to kind of get that, that speed skating gold medal. And I suspect it is so much the case for you guys as allied health business owners as well. And while the the perception from people outside who don't know you as well uh, might be it looks like an overnight success or you're this or you're that or you're something else, only you really know the uh, blood, sweat, and tears that have gone into the success that you are, yeah, you are, you know, maybe maybe experiencing right now as well. So owning that success, uh, owning and sitting very assertively with your internal locus of control and knowing knowing and owning what you can control within um, within life and business and all of those other domains as well. So having a really supportive crew around you is just radically, radically critical. 
and making a lot of noise and celebrating little and often. Super, super important. Big fan of that as well. In various ways, imposter syndrome does show up with allied health business owners. It shows up in lots of different ways. And I was kind of, when I was jotting some ideas down for this podcast, there wasn't one particular one particular theme. Um, but there is kind of language that I hear on a reasonably consistent basis. I uh, I often and I and I'm thinking this sometimes happens in power calls and it happens in coaching calls and um, you know masterminds and wherever else I am in front of allied health business owners and that they're sometimes apologetic because they kind of have the sense that they're winging it winging it and kind of wow it's just been a ton of good luck and who knew and it's somehow it's all hanging together and everyone's still here and our clients are still happy you know, really don't have a clue how I'm doing and and how it's all kind of hanging together. But quietly in the background, this is a business owner or business owners like this, they are very deep in thought. They are very mindful and very planful, uh, if that's a word. And they're doing a huge amount of mental and financial and marketing and personal gymnastics on a moment-by-moment basis. So they are deeply engaged with the thinking associated with the success that they may well be sharing with me um, in a coaching conversation as well. And so when I do hear about luck, I love to ask, you know, what's made you lucky? Uh, What's the difference between luck and good fortune? Um, If it wasn't luck that got you here, what else was it that that got you um, to the level of success that you've, you know, achieved so far as well? Because when you start to pull off the cliches, we all use them, Wow, allied health business owners think uh, think a lot, and they put in a ton of effort day in, day day out um, as well. And so, in a bizarre sort of way, the imposter syndrome is actually incredibly motivating for so many of um, of our clients and and the people that I speak to as well, because they really want to. Um, they really want to make sure that they are doing the right things and they're really wanting to get the imposter back in its box and they're really ready to embrace the the future and build great infrastructure into their businesses. They don't want the business to be trading on luck any further, even if that's not quite exactly what was happening anyway. Uh, They really want that great solid foundations. Um, They really want to strengthen infrastructure so that they can scale their businesses in really cool, sustainable ways. They're really wanting coaching to kind of sharpen up their mindset so that doubt is managed and replaced by, you know, confidence and that self-sabotage is really replaced by a growth mindset so that they are really bringing their personal power and a real um, sense of ownership into their businesses and into their teams and ultimately into their business and client success as well, which kind of brings me right back to something that I know you've all heard me say before, but who does your business need you to be? And are you dancing with the imposter syndrome or are you starting to step out of that and saying, yeah, nah, 
we're going to kind of get all the good stuff done so that um, we are cool and calm and really focused and uh, really building in all of the things that we need personally and as a business and a team to kind of get those results that we absolutely know we deserve. Hmm. That's my thinking on imposter syndrome. I'm expecting some of you to come back with some comments on this one and absolutely link me into some articles. Get into my calendar. We can have a chat about imposter syndrome. Alrighty, be well. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Private Practice Made Perfect podcast. For show notes and other resources, please visit practicemadeperfectpodcast.com. While you are there, you can subscribe for future episodes and continue your business adventure with me. And please be sure to share this and other episodes with your friends and colleagues. The Private Practice Made Perfect podcast is brought to you by Experts on Air Podcast Network.